I, I don't know what uh, what that lady was on that day or where she was <laughs> thinking, but I I think she thought she was in the Matrix. Welcome to Game Dev Advice, the Game Developers Podcast, your place for resources and in-depth conversations with other game development professionals. I'm your host, John J.P. Podlasic. I've worked at 10 different game companies, starting back in 1989 with the TurboGrafx-16. Over the decades, I've developed games like Mortal Kombat, Avengers Initiative, Beavis and Butthead, and numerous others. I now work for a startup called Level X. But this podcast isn't about me. It's about you and the game development community. So if you have questions or ideas, give a call, 224-484-7733, or go to the gamedevadvice.com website. I have a great episode for you today, so let's kick things off with the new Game Dev Advice. Today's guest for GDA7 is Humberto Gamboa, or otherwise known as Tito. He's a 3D artist currently working for Level X and been in the game industry for two years. He's also learning tech art on the side to expand his skills. This is a different kind of episode as someone fairly new to the industry, but he has some interesting perspectives to share along with some great stories. Okay, let's kick things off with Tito. Okay, so I've got Tito here today. Hey, Tito, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. Cool. Well, let's start off. Like, How did you get started in the video game industry? Talk me through it. Okay, so um, I got my first job because I worked on a Crohn's VR project. Hmm. What is Crohn's, just, uh, just uh, for the Crohn's audience? Disease. It's a disease that happens in the intestines. It's a, it's a nasty guy. So um, I had my port show. Um, I went to art school, the... Uh, the Illinois Institute of Art in Chicago. Okay. And um, at my port show, I was demoing Crohn's VR project. I um, had requested uh, two tables uh, for my port show. Everyone else gets one. Uh, I said I wanted two because mm. I wanted to bring in my 3D printer, have my laptop playing my demo reel, and uh, demoing my Crohn's VR project. So this Crohn's VR project uh, happened because... In my last quarter of school, Mm -hmm. March uh, 2017, I started on this project. Uh, I worked at this media company. They hired us to do this VR project. They weren't really sure what they wanted. (laughs) And uh, I was like, sure, I'll I'll accept this job. Me and uh, a couple of friends from school um, got hired. And they told us they wanted a VR experience uh, to show Crohn's disease. They wanted it to be interactive. Mm -hmm. And uh, we gladly accepted. So it was like a three, four month uh, project. Okay. And uh, it was made in Unity. This was kind of my first dip into the game industry. I I wouldn't really call it my first real like video game job, but it got me running with like actually doing a product in Unity, modeling for it, um, mm-hmm. getting everything professionally done. So it was a great portfolio piece. Yeah. So I worked with that media company. And when it came time to my port show, that's what I had uh, demoing at my booth. Mm-hmm. So at my portfolio show, I see these two dudes walking at me. 
scary looking dudes no. yeah well one of them a scary looking dude just like hair okay like timber man looking guy and then uh that was bob's uh charles manson yeah yeah period, was, right? yeah he had, yeah he had, he had kind of the wild hair and the long beard and yeah uh the, the guy the guy's a sweetheart but he could probably scare the crap out of you if you didn't know yeah yeah bob looked scary at the time and then when he <laughs> talks it's just like it's me bob and then uh <laughs> and then ryan blake uh with him so bob nelson and ryan blake uh right ryan's awesome yeah these two dudes uh start walking you know through the portfolio show and they're passing by students so i was the last one um in my like row i guess so it was a bunch of other uh 3d students and then it was me at the end so they were going by looking and looking and they kept looking at my corner like what the <laughs> hell does that kid have like why does he have two tables like i could see right they were staring like yes like that's why you get two tables <laughs> so they come over and uh you know introduce myself the whole thing right all portfolio stuff and then uh they tried uh, the, the vr project and they put it on you know, to, to them, it's, it's, it's as good as I could do as a student. And then they're like, why do you have this? Like, why, <laughs> why did you make a Crohn's VR thing? Like, that's, this is like, just so weird. And then like, I had to explain to them, like, right. this was a, a project I did with the company and um, me not knowing who these guys were or what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, okay, yeah, like, this is cool. And then the whole introduction happened like they're level X. Um, we're looking for, you know, a junior 3D artist. Here's our card and everything. We exchange info. Mm-hmm. And they tell me why they were interested in the Crohn's because at the time we're working on a Crohn's project. So it was just like a coincidence that I also had a Crohn's project showing. It was all really good timing, uh, honestly, for my portfolio show. So we exchanged info and a uh, portfolio show happened as it did. Um, Lasted like an hour after them, start packing up, end of the day. And then, uh, me and my family uh, went to go eat at a nearby restaurant. And then, um, as we're sitting down to eat, I got a phone call uh, <laughs> from HR. And they're like, Ah, uh, would you like to come in for an interview tomorrow? I'm like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> of course I do. And uh, my mom started to cry. <laughs> really? Wow, yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty like, cool. Like, oh my God. You got a call the very same day. Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, it was all just great timing. Um, and that's how I got this job. I currently work at Level X because of that portfolio show. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from my perspective, it was crazy because um, they came back to work and they're like, you won't believe this. Like we were at that show and there was a dude doing a thing in VR for a colon game. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, no way. And they're like, yeah, it was like, he had this huge booth and a, and a printer, a 3d printer going and, and you know, the VR and you know, this guy was awesome. And I'm like, wait a minute, he was doing a gastro game in VR and that's what we're doing right now. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like, what are the freaking odds of that? And it was just, uh, so serendipitous. It was just so crazy that, uh, that you had done that and that we were looking and that, you know, the planets aligned and we were there at that show and your portfolio was like, uh, you know, heads and shoulders above a lot of the other stuff they saw that day. And that's why we were so excited. And that's why we called. And, um, yeah. And then you interviewed and you like, you started the next week, right? Uh, yeah. So like, uh, 
I was brought into the interview and, you know, I, I'm thinking just like a regular interview, I talk with, uh, I was talking with Ryan mm-hmm. and I'd go home and they'd call me back like, okay, you did bad or you did good, you passed or whatever. No, the, the interview was hilarious. It was, I talked to Ryan, showed him my process and they're like, okay, uh, let's go sign some papers. You're starting. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everything happened so fast for me that week. Like I was not expecting to, to get a job that quickly. I, I was just hoping that if I put as much as I can for a portfolio uh, show, maybe I have a good shot at this. So it was all like really amazing. Um, what's also funny about that is um, I think Ryan almost didn't go to this portfolio show. Um, they had scheduled it on their calendars a couple months ago to go to the show. And on that day, they forgot. <laughs> And I think, uh, I don't know, halfway through the portfolio show, I think they got a reminder uh, on, the, on their calendar, like, oh my God, this thing is happening. Should we go? And they were like, eh, might as well. Right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause, and, and to be honest, you know, sometimes those, those shows are a bust, right? So not knowing you were going to be there and that you were uh, amazing and doing all this cool stuff, um, you know, it was a roll of dice to go, but uh, we're all very glad that they went because... Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I am very glad they went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you've been doing this for a little bit now, not a ton, but I mean, you've got a couple of years under your belt. So like, um, what do you wish you had known when you started? Oh, oh boy. Um, a lot of things. Um, just like uh, the basics, what a real day-to-day workload would be like. What am I doing every day in this sort of job? Uh, knowing that just because you're a 3D modeler does not mean you're going to be modeling all day. Um, you, you could be tasked on a number of things, like just being an artist can, can be helpful in, in multiple things, like just doing general stuff, um, working on, I don't know, screenshots, promo, just picking up fires uh, when they happen. Right. Um, I also wish I knew what were the up-to-date standards um, coming out of college. I learned a lot of my stuff that, that was taught was out of date or all used. Um, that was a little heartbreaking, but, but then again, uh, that media company job uh, doing the Crohn's VR really, really helped with getting uh, rid of bad habits and... Um, learning new tools, right? Learning new tools, learning new habits, um, really figuring out what's the up-to-date standards, you know, because... Uh, I don't know. My teachers were were teaching some archaic stuff, uh, outdated. Yeah, and, and I hear that from people too. Like, you know, it depends on the school. It depends on on your teacher because, um, you know, there are people like Heinz Schuler at DePaul who are up to date and he's learning new tools and he's he's teaching and and um, building and and doing stuff himself. So it kind of feeds off each other, and he's really and works hard at it. And, and they're you know, to be honest, I hear about other schools where people are just kind of uh, mailing it in or, you know, phoning it in the sense that they've got their curriculum, they got their thing and they just kind of do it and they're not staying on the, um, the cutting edge and, and learning the new tools and figuring out new methodologies and pushing the yeah. students. Yeah. So, and, and sometimes uh, your instructor might n- not be in the industry or never has been. Um, I also wish uh, I knew how much knowledge there was. Uh, so I was uh, pretty proactive in school, like, you know, keeping up to date uh, with tools and like substance painter was a big thing. When I was in school, no one was teaching it. So I took it upon myself to 
teach it to myself. And that was uh, really helpful. But um, yeah, yesterday I found this amazing Discord with like CGI resources, a bunch of free plugins and just people sharing articles and stuff. Like I wish I knew how much knowledge was just free out there. And if you pick up on a community, you can really enhance your stuff. Yeah. Ryan Blake talks about it all the time about how much how much great stuff's out there on YouTube and Discord and, and all those kind of environments. I could have done most of my college online just looking up tools, buying people's tutorials. Um, there's a lot of great stuff out there. Mm-hmm. What about uh, industry people and, and getting getting help? Um, what you call it? I was uh, totally unaware of um, industry nights. Uh, that's another yeah. cool thing. Um, I don't know why. Again, my college didn't tell us anything about this or thought it was important information. But uh, the industry nights that happen here in Chicago are immensely helpful. You can quickly get to know people who are working on stuff, mm-hmm. trade uh, information. Um, they're also really cool handcuffs. Up. There's just a ton of cool people working in the industry. And um, I don't know, I, I feel bad that I didn't know this uh, before. Well, no, yeah. And it's, um, it, it's something you, you wouldn't know because you didn't learn about it at school. So people didn't tell you to do those things. Maybe you yeah, wouldn't know. Yeah, in, in a school bubble. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and that's part of the stuff like with the podcast and things like that for, you know, letting people know that wherever you're at, in most cases, there are industry nights around. Or if you can't be somewhere, you know, in person, that again, you know, Discord, uh, YouTube, Twitter, on Twitter that yeah, just share right. a bunch of information, uh-huh. what people are working on and just like quick tips. Yeah. And, and I think that's part of it too, is like just kind of not be in that bubble, whether it's school or whether it's, you know, just the work bubble, but, you know, take those blinders off, be looking around, do Google searches. It's the same way with work, right? Sometimes you get just so caught up in work that you have blinders on there too, and you're not aware of all the resources and, and cool things that are out there. Yeah. So what kind of advice would you give someone looking to get their first job? Um, If you went to art school, art school is bad. (laughs) Uh, uh, Again, these places are a business. They Mm -hmm. want your money. Um, Yep. That's not super great. Um, You might get uh, taught by outdated people. So um, my advice is reach out to these resources, like go on Discord, go on Twitter, learn what people are doing right now, because you might have been taught outdated habits and I've seen it in, in people coming out from college where um, mm-hmm. they, they get in this bubble and because of that, their portfolio is not great and it doesn't stand out. It just looks like, yeah, you went to an art school and you're not improving. Right. Yeah. It, it's got all the cookie cutter, same things from their class and everyone's portfolio has the like, same elements. You can start recognizing the signs like, Yep, that's his portfolio piece because I had that exact same assignment in my class and it's a portfolio show. So yeah, when people see that, they're like, okay, so what? I've seen that, you know, a hundred times before. Like, like what can you do in your portfolio that stands out and really uh, is exciting and pushes the boundaries versus just like, here's my portfolio from the stuff I was assigned. Please give me a job, right? Don't do that. (laughs) Do something cooler. Right, do something more, yeah. Uh, But yeah, yeah. Reach out to communities. That's my biggest advice. Like once you start seeing what other people are doing, it really helps your portfolio. Um, just mm-hmm. being on like ArtStation, yeah, that really helps. You can quickly see what other people are doing 
art-wise and if you're at that bar or you can like easily compare like if you find a junior artist on ArtStation, you can see, okay, does my work compare to this person? And if it does, well, that's already a good sign of, hey, you, you might get a junior position. Yeah, like a benchmark to be like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Or you see a bunch of junior stuff and, and your stuff's above that, like, wow, I'm kind of ahead of the curve. Or if it's below that, it's like, all right, I got to buckle down now and, um, and work on my, you know, my portfolio because there are people ahead of me. And, and again, I, I talked about this with Mike Candicelli. It's like, don't use that as, um, as a reason not to work and get depressed or be like, oh, my portfolio oh, yeah, that sucks. Hard. It's just like- <laughs> as an artist, that's hard. We just all feel shitty about our work. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. It, yeah, but I guess, yeah, just shake it off at some point and just use that as a uh, fuel to be like, all right, I'm going to regroup. And, and do this new thing, this new piece, this new whatever. And that's going to help set me apart, you know, versus just kind of just keeping everything the same and then, you know, wonder why uh, you're not hearing back from companies. Yeah. Uh, so like if you decide to um, apply for an art position, uh, a junior position at a company, uh, a great little thing you could do is, you know, do some searching, figure out who their junior artist is, who their senior artist is, and just find their art yeah. stations. and you can quickly evaluate yourself. Like if they have a certain portfolio piece, try matching your, your quality with that. You will probably pass their art test. Yeah, no, it's a great idea because again, it's so out there right now. Like you just Google somebody's name in an in, in art station or Twitter and, and you can find them, you know, 30 years ago, that wasn't an option, but, but man, everybody's out there. Yeah. Everybody that's smart puts their material online so that people can see it and share it and give feedback. So yeah, that's a great idea. Besides just kind of learning about the company, um, learning about the people within the company, seeing the work they do and seeing how you compare to the work they do and um, helping assess like your skills and areas that you can do something that may reflect something that they're interested in so that uh, you have a better shot. And then um, even if uh, like you start looking at other people's work and it's off-putting, like I am nowhere close to this. Um, that's okay. Just keep working at it. And also it's helpful if you like pick up a secondary skill, like a very niche skill. How so? For example, if uh, you're a character artist and you're looking at all these portfolios and like, damn, my, my anatomy is not this great or everything like, mm. uh, keep on practicing those anatomy skills, but pick up something that other people may not want to do or don't have too much fun doing. Like, um, one thing you can do is pick up Marvelous Designer and start working on clothing or clothes sim or um, get better at rigging. Like, you know, have mm-hmm. this secondary skill that can be really valuable because uh, not a lot of people enjoy doing everything in a certain category of art. So, you know, some people may just want to sculpt all day and that could be a bad thing because like, what if you're signing up for a job and they're not just looking for a character artist that can sculpt. Maybe they want you to do clothing um they want you to do rigging and all these other things so it's always helpful if you feel you can't do one thing that's Mm -hmm. as good as a a senior artist try picking up a a cool secondary skill yeah that's a smart idea and it varies with companies right so like it's gonna vary so much (laughs) right some of the bigger companies it's very you know kind of cookie cutter defined like this is the thing this is all you do all day every day um smaller companies you tend to be uh, a little more generalists and a little bit more agile and kind of like, Hey, we got this thing that we need to figure out who knows how to do it, you know, versus having a mechanicalized with, uh, 
you know, everyone is very segmented in what they do. We're uh, smaller companies. You get to wear different hats and pitch in and help, you know, especially uh, with a variety of different types of work. Mm -hmm. So uh, Tito, tell me about your current role. Uh, So I started off as a uh, 3D artist, uh, generalist, but uh, nowadays I kind of just do a lot of stuff. I think that's just how the nature of of startups, you, Mm -hmm. you're going to be doing a bunch of stuff. So like, on a regular day-to-day stuff, uh, I could be, I don't know, 3D modeling, um, working heavily in Unity, setting up scenes, doing weird stuff uh, with, with our projects uh, at LevelX, um, VFX sometimes, working on promo images. It, it's all over the place, honestly. Yeah. No, there's, there's a lot of variety, which um, I think it's cool because it, it makes it interesting, right? It's not the same thing day in, day out. And um, you're building your your tool belt, right. With different skills and different abilities. I, I, um, I see you talking, uh, with Thu about tech art stuff, which is, yeah, that's a cool thing too. Yeah. I mean, our games at Olex are hard. I mean, hard task wise because we get weird problems. Like how do you make, I don't know, an X-ray in a game. And then mm-hmm. we, we end up doing stuff like that. And yeah, we, we just get a, a bunch of interesting problems. So the art team, has to tackle it in some way or form. Right. Yeah, totally. So what are you doing to learn and improve? So actually, because of how much weird stuff we get, um, I'm always looking at new tech. Um, I try to get updated with Twitter and uh, mm-hmm. industry news like uh, 80 Level. They're a really yeah. good site. Yeah, it's a great site. Ryan had that great article on there. Uh, oh, yeah, Ryan was on there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really cool PC you've done. Uh, Andrew's also on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, just stay up to date with my Twitter now. Um, I just have like a dedicated uh, Twitter list of like a tech artists now. That's kind of where I'm leaning towards. Um, just trying to get better at tech art because we get so many problems where we need someone fixing uh, this sort of stuff. So picking up Houdini, um, mm-hmm. learning more procedural stuff, learning VFX on the side, um, just trying to be as a multi-tool as possible. Mm-hmm. If we need art that day, I can do that. If we need more techie stuff, I will try and solve that problem. And again, that's smart that you're, you're learning new things. And because, you know, you have to just always be learning five years from now, there's going to be tools out that we don't oh, even yeah. know about right now. So you have to be in that mindset of just like figuring out uh, new tools, learning new user interfaces and, and how to get different uh, you know, objectives out of the tools. So that's smart that you're doing that. 3D changes very quickly. So if you're not constantly looking at what's new or learning a a new weird tool, I feel like you can get behind pretty quickly. Yeah, no, for sure. So what are you curious about right now? Uh, One cool small thing is uh, Substance Alchemist. Mm -hmm. So um, Substance is a painting software uh, for 3D modeling. Yeah, and uh, one of their cool tools is Designer, so you can make you know procedural textures in the way that they tile, and you can have a bunch of parameters that, that can switch on the fly. Um, they're working on this cool new tool called Substance Alchemist, which is hmm. Designer with the help of AI, I believe. Um, I've been trying wow. to get data of it. So, like, you can take a picture of I don't know cement, mm-hmm. then take a picture of some mosaic tiling. You feed it those two images, and it'll make cement mosaic tiles. 
it'll wow. it'll try to merge the two uh, images together and give you a pattern and you can fiddle with it I, I believe i don't know exactly like how the tool works but i've been seeing um some people on twitter that i follow posting and it's just like oh my god it's awesome hmm. yeah it's really cool i'm sure they're gonna have stuff at gdc about it check that out yeah just uh procedural stuff combined with ai is going to be popular i believe in, in the future i mean yeah uh, so much stuff right now is becoming procedural and just amazing <laughs> in, in games okay what about uh other things you're curious about uh so there's been a lot of layoffs happening lately so i'm i'm new to this whole game industry so seeing a bunch of layoffs um is scary yeah uh, i've been talking with uh you know, so some of the artists that I work with and other people who've been around. And mm. they've said, like, layoffs are a normal thing of the game industry. They happen, but there's just, like, so many happening in the past, like, month or two. Like, so yeah. much with uh, Blizzard, um, layoffs. Uh, who else had? Uh, Telltale had the, had the huge, yeah, horrible. Yeah, Telltale. And then... Poorly managed one. That was a train wreck. Yeah, that was yeah, terrible. They, yeah, just... Twitter is, is scary right now with how many layoffs are happening. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm curious about like uh, AAA companies uh, becoming unionized, if that's helpful or not for, for the games industry. Yeah, I, um, I'm curious about that too. I, I see pros and cons to it because it, it does mean then there's a lot more standardization of titles and um, you know drive up costs, but then there's also great reasons behind it. So I hear more uh, happening in the industry about it. And yeah, I'm just, I'm also curious about it. Because it's hard to have a good, um, healthy work-life balance. And I don't know if unionizing will, will help with that. Um, like uh, yeah. being a small company, I think, helps us be you know comfortable at work. And then we also have life outside of work. But from these huge companies, I don't, I don't know. That's, it, it just sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's weird because there's, you know, there's the crunch and the layoffs and things. And there, there's more and more outsourcing being done. But part of it is like, oh, okay, we can do outsourcing to relieve um, some of that pressure. But what ends up happening is it's just used for for extra content, and it doesn't always end up relieving the you know the pressure and those kind of things. Because people look at the numbers like, oh, it's so much cheaper. But um, yeah, the revisions, uh, the quality of work. Um, there's some great studios out there that uh, that do outsourcing art, and there's some really bad ones. You know, so there's uh, there's risks involved in that too. But um, yeah, unfortunately, it is a it is a hits driven industry, right? And I've seen it, you know, over the decades and been laid off uh, multiple times. Um, I think the key is that companies are smart about it. And if they're going to do it, that they have money earmarked so that people um, keep their, their benefits for a while and that they, they have some severance and it's not just, you know, uh, hit the bricks like, like some of the places like Telltale. It sounds scary to just be laid off with almost no notice or, the the looming danger of like we're gonna lay off people but we don't know who oh well you'll find out when it happens yeah that well that creates it creates a lot of stress and anxiety when when people are waiting for the shooter shooter drop yeah yeah I, I've been through it and it is uh, part of it is you know we've got to get better about it and, and the other part of it is again too it, it is a hits driven industry so you have to stay up to date you you have to. Uh, network and you have to work hard and and earn a good reputation because you know it will happen at some point and um, yeah yeah reputation is really important because you know you don't know where you're going to be or just being connected with some people like if, if you get laid off you can 
reach out to people like, hey, yeah, reach out to people. Yeah, here's my portfolio. You know, is there anything going on there? Because it will happen. But but it, the, the more prepared you are, and you know, the smarter you are uh, about your finances. Yeah, uh, Ryan talks to me. Uh, he he's prepared me for 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 this stuff. Like it's gonna happen. So right, and, and you've got a great mentor with Ryan because he's been around. He's seen you know the dark side of the industry, and he knows oh, how yeah. important it is to to always. Uh, keep up to date and keep your reel together and uh, be working hard so that, you know, when it does happen, you're not caught, you know, flat footed going, uh, yeah. I'm totally screwed now. It's more like, oh, wow, that sucks. All right. Um, time to uh, hit some people up and see what's going on with other companies and other places. Um, yeah. Because again, it's, it, you know, it's hits driven. So um, companies, especially companies that big companies that may place big bets on games, and they don't pan out, it's only a matter of time until, you know, the whole thing caves in and um, big companies, small companies, I've seen it at all kinds of companies and um, companies need to be more prepared to take care of their employees when it, if it does happen, they're not high and dry and employees need to be a little smart um, about just being prepared and having yeah, their like finances. A, have, have a savings, like have mm-hmm. at least three months of rent just prepared. Yeah. And, and again, too, it is hard um, where you live, right? Because, and I heard this from the Telltale folks, um, you know, in the Bay Area, it's just obscene um, in terms of the housing costs, right? It's just like, yeah, how do you, um, and especially if you're junior or mid-level, um, I'm sure it's like crazy hard to save any money when, you know, your money goes to housing. Um, you, you know, we're kind of spoiled that way in Chicago where it's much more reasonable. And yeah. You can live on the Gold Coast and spend tons of money, but if you want to uh, live further out or, or be in a different neighborhood, you can have a more reasonable cost around housing so that you're not so uh, redlining, you know, just, just paying for your housing. So um, I think that's a cool thing about Chicago, too, in the sense that um, there may not be as many companies, but you don't burn as much of your money for your, your living expenses. So Yeah. <laughs> Ryan just keeps telling me, like, I joined at a good time and I joined... <laughs> A, a good place. I've I've missed out all that horrible yeah. nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Ryan's Ryan's seen some uh, some stuff, and um, yeah, I've seen my share. That uh, yeah, you just you have to learn to roll with the punches and uh, be prepared and don't get caught off guard because it will happen at some point. So yeah. Okay, quick question break. What are your thoughts so far? Do you have a topic idea? A question to ask? Or a guest suggestion? Let me know at 224-484-7733 or on the gamedevadvice.com website. So what are your thoughts about AR and VR? Just to pivot here. Uh, dead, <laughs> maybe. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think it was a, it was trendy for a while and then it's lost its, its cool factor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still feel it's, it's a niche product, uh, the way it's being used like it is cool for some games like um beat saber and super hot are some really good games that are that are using that tech like being super interactive and, and moving around but mm. um i don't know it's a it's a weird tool i think it's it's totally still in its infancy uh, people are still figuring out where where it can live and and its potential yeah no and, and um if you're talking about vr specifically yeah uh, i've talked with Patrick Curry about that too, where it still feels like it's in its uh, infancy, kind of like what 
PC games were like in the 90s and the vibe is awesome, but it also still still feels kind of hobbyist at times where you're like, why is this not working? And you plug this shit back in and like, oh, now it works? Or also you, just you know? clunky. There's so many yes, cables. exactly. There's cables and high-end video cards and it, there's just all these barriers of entry yeah, that yeah. makes it a niche. And I think, you know, a few years back, people were excited. Oh, we're going to go make a VR game and it's going to be huge and it's going to be blah, blah, blah. And, and then some, you know, companies and people got burned because it is such a niche right now that it is hard to make um, make money at it because there are so many barriers, especially on the PC side, um, to do yeah, it. And even if uh, you pass all those barriers, there's still not a lot of products. Like mm-hmm. there's maybe like a handful of games that are out there that are really good. But if we're just talking about gaming with VR, there's only so much you can play with it. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I just feel like it's way too early. Um, I think it should be uh, used more in, I don't know, like construction, something more practical. Um, yeah. Architecture is a big use for it too, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Architecture. Um, I heard about, um, oh, what was that thing? What was it? Google Glass mm-hmm. uh, was being used in some factory, some, I think car manufacturer. So um, the people working uh, on the lines were, had uh, Google Glass oh. and they would use it to scan barcodes and bring up manuals uh, on like their side of the vision. Like that sounds awesome. Huh. That That's where I think it is totally cool. Like just solving practical problems. Mm-hmm. Like your, your hands are busy. Maybe you want a manual <laughs> just hanging up on your head. Yeah. Um, yeah or, and I think too, because of the restrictions, because of the hardware, it, it, it can be clunky. And let's see what, you know, Oculus Quest does, right? Because, you know, the price point, not having the wires everywhere. And yeah, it doesn't have the graphic fidelity of, of a Vive, but, you know, just being able to set it up quickly and easily and not being tethered, um, you know, maybe that's going to be a breakthrough system or, you know, other things that are out there. Um, I think it just needs to continue to evolve because there was kind of like this gold rush for it. And then I think some, some people, yeah, got, yeah. Like everyone was like, do everything in yeah. VR. But I think it just kind of contracted a bit. I, I don't think it's contracting and going away. I, I think it's just kind of contracting, regrouping. The hardware is advancing. It's going to get uh, easier to develop for. It's going to be easier for people to buy and consume VR content. And then it's going to have like another surge. Um, it's just uh, when and, and, and who's going to be at the forefront with that. And um, yeah. Yeah. Just like, like all technologies, like, I don't know, when the first Android or smartphone came out, I mean, it was only for a very small amount of people. Like, yeah, it didn't gain traction the very first day. Like, it needs time. People need to, to learn where, where it can be most useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's, whether it's gaming or, you know, educational, like with um, Patrick Curry and Farbridge or, or some of the stuff that down in Ringling um, that's being done for, for different types of training. And, um, you know. Yeah. Like training is, is another great solution for, with, uh, with mm-hmm. VR. Like I wish um, I could go on a field trip in class. Yeah. Like, uh, I would have loved to have VR when I was in first grade and we just all put on our headsets and suddenly we're in Mars. That would have made class so much more interesting. Yeah. It allows you to travel, you know, space and distance and time and all those kind of cool things and go different places and explore. So I think it's getting there. It's just, um, yeah, it's, it's evolving technology, evolving content, evolving content creators, and um, just seeing how this, this evolves basically. So what about a funny or odd story you have from working in the industry? Um, ooh, 
Well, I haven't been doing this too long, so I don't have <laughs> too many cool ones. I have like small tidbits. So yeah. uh, back when I was uh, working at uh, the my media company where I made the Crohn's VR, we took the the Crohn's VR project to uh, New York and we were demoing it uh, to some people. Okay. And uh, it was a, a dentist company, I think. We, we were trying to see if like they wanted to use VR with their dentist stuff. Huh. So we set up, we put the demo on, and these super corporate people are trying it out. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's seen hilarious. It's hilarious seeing uh, super corporate people just try on right. VR, like, whoa. And um, <laughs> so they put it on, they do the whole demo, and then we sit down to discuss mm-hmm. it. And then one lady's like, so uh, how, how does it work? How does it, uh, you know, connect to your brain and show you uh, the images? <laughs> I was just stunned by her comment. I was like, what kind of black magic wow. uh, are you doing yeah. with these boxes? Like, um, it shows you those images because there's a screen <laughs> inside the headset. It's not. I don't know what uh, what that lady was on that day or where she was thinking, but I think she thought she was in the matrix. Yeah, right. <laughs> like she put on this headset, and her brain connected to a neural network, and she's off in VR. Can land. I go back to the blue so, pill now? If I was on the red <laughs> pill, not sure. I want yeah, the red so pill. That that was weird. That that that's something that I'm I'm never gonna forget about VR. Um, and what was it on? Like the, the uh, I'm assuming you had were you the Vive or yeah. yeah, we had the Vive. So like, and they also they saw the setup. Like they saw there's two cameras, there's a laptop, there's everything. It's just it's amazing that those words right. came. How out is this her. getting in my head? I do not. It's kind of like <laughs> caveman lawyer. Phrases. Yeah, it's like, I don't understand. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, what else? At Level X, we had a butt cake. So for the launch of uh, Crohn's disease. Or GastroX, um, right? The, the GastroX, we had a special cake made. Yeah, GastroX. Um, uh, we were surprised with a beautiful butt cake. <laughs> yeah, that was at, man, what was the name of that bar? We were at a restaurant and we had this giant cake and uh, we were in a public place. People used to play pool there on Fridays. But yeah, I just remember people walking by looking at our butt cake and like, what is this? What? <laughs> it's like, no, we're celebrating a game. It's called GastroX. And uh yeah, that was a good time. Uh, yeah, that was that was a great yeah, day. Was um, another cool thing is, um, so we have a audio guy, Jeff Linville. So when I was uh, was trying to get him into a uh, uh, level X, which I annoyed you about. Yeah, I, I, thank you for annoying me because it, it worked out perfect. Yeah, yeah, the dude's cool. Um, so when I was, uh, you know, telling uh, Ryan about this dude, I was telling him he's an audio guy, and he's like, "Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool." Um, I don't know how it came out, but, uh, I told him that, uh, this dude, uh, works with Rob Scallion sometimes he's a YouTuber and he does a bunch of cool musician mm-hmm. stuff. And Ryan came back to me one day and was like, Hey, this Jeff dude is like, why is he in all of like Rob Scallion's videos? Like he, he looked at his, um, LinkedIn and everything and started connecting the face. And I'm like, Oh yeah, Jeff works with uh, Rob Scallion. And then, uh, Jeff's, uh, cool points just like shout out like oh my god he works with rob scallion right so all of a sudden yeah jeff was like wow jeff is the shit we should talk to this guy you know like i'm gonna go shred with jeff now like and both of us play guitars and stuff huh. no and in the backstory to that was jeff uh 
he took a video and he just did some sound design, you know, kind of on spec. Oh yeah. So, um, we're doing, uh, the Palm trailer mm-hmm. and, uh, we were looking for an audio guy or we were getting audio back and, um, from whoever we were um, buying audio from. And it was, I thought it was lackluster. Yeah, I would agree. I'd do a better job. And, um, I gave him, you know, word about like, Hey, we're looking for someone cool. And uh, he made that whole trailer and I send it off to you. And I'm like, you should hire this cool guy. Listen to his trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I looked at it and I went, this is cool. And I shared it with other people and they're like, wow, this is great. Who is this guy? And then that, you know, snowballed from one thing to another thing. And he, he came on, he was a contractor and now he's our, our full-time audio designer. Oh my God. His music for, oh, yeah. for, for our newest app is just so good. Cardio X has a soundtrack that will blow people's minds, even if you're not a cardiologist. It is so synthy and so yep. good. I Including love the metal track. But um, I think, you know, a cool takeaway from that is instead of him just being like, uh, I'm an audio person, you should hire me. Um, and, and to be honest, it's tough, I think, being an audio person because you, oh, you yeah, have to yeah. hustle all the time. It's, it's, um, there are a million people out there and it's, you know, how do you rise above the other ones? Well, you do what Jeff did and just do uh, take, take initiative and actually you know, uh, do sound design for a trailer for Palm X, which is what he did to actually make it tangible, to show it, not just like, you know, I'm audio person hiring me, but like, hey, here's what I can do. And when you show the benefit and then people can see it and hear it, yeah. then all of a sudden it became a no-brainer. It was like, yeah, let's get this guy working on on our projects. And um, and it was totally worth totally it. Totally <laughs> worth it. So yeah, I again, that's great that you knew Jeff and that you bugged me and that I sh- he did that video and we shared it because, um, you know, it makes, uh, it makes our product so much better. And the fact that, um, he, again, he took that initiative, not just, here's my, uh, link to my audio. You should hire me. Yeah. Like here's my website. Please look at my sounds. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately a lot of people do that and, and they have to, uh, they have to figure out a way to differentiate themselves, do something, um, that ties back to the company that, that shows value. And then all of a sudden, yeah. Uh, it doesn't become, uh, should I talk to this person? It's like, I need to talk to this person, right? So it's cool that he did that. Okay. Is there anything I should have asked you about, but didn't? Um, the only question really is like, what do you think of uh, the current state of the game industry? Yeah. Um, well, I think money-wise, right? It's, it's, it's growing and it's, it's still growing. And I can't remember the how many billions of dollars. And when you have these breakaway yeah. hits with like, you know, Fortnite and Apex and uh, PUBG and all this stuff going on, you know, it's exciting times. It's it's also again scary times, right? Because budgets yeah. get bigger, and yeah, it's getting so so big and inflated. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, and I've kind of touched this, you know, on some other podcasts. There are so many things competing for people's time that um, it's not like it used to be ten years ago, where sometimes people would just sit down and play a console game. Now they can maybe you know watch something on Netflix or they can play a game on their phone. So um, yeah. Even the competing for people's time is good and bad uh, for, for who's ever trying to make a product because, um, mm-hmm. like, for example, um, uh, everyone's trying to be the, the next Battle Royale. So you're, you're fighting yep. for everyone wanting to play uh, your game. Mm-hmm. So Fortnite was doing really well on Twitch and everything. It had a bunch of followings. And then here comes Apex and steals that audience. And Fortnite's like, oh my God, there, there goes our people. And if that gets oversaturated, if everyone starts making a, a battle royale, there's a limited amount of people. There's only so much you can take away from that. So at, at some point, it's just going to be super saturated and 
you're, you're just going to have like a, a small following. There's yeah. just, it's becoming to the point where like, there's, there's too much games. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is so, so many games out there enough for anyone to just go on like on steam and, and pick something. Yeah. And well, it's, it's just, it's trends, right? And there's companies yeah. that lead, you know, when it comes to trends or they, they take a trend and they make a, a twist to it. And that's been going on for ages, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how like battle Royale started. No, but like going like further back, right? Like there was a time when, you know, real-time strategy games were the shit, right? So like, uh, you know, Red Alert yeah. came out and you had Command and Conquer and all this stuff. So like, Starcraft, yeah, you know, every game company and their uncle were making their versions of that. But, but unless there was some, some twist or some, some different element to it, or you did something better, you would just got lost in the noise because it's like, yeah, why would I play that? I, I could just play Red Alert, right? So I've seen it, you know, time and time again. It, it happens with like every new game genre. Like it yeah. happened with RTS. It happened with like uh, MMOs like World of Warcraft. Yeah. People were making other, you know, games similar. And now the, the whole Battle Royale is picking up. And now, um, so Apex launched. And what was different about that game compared to Fortnite is it had a ping system. Mm-hmm. And now Fortnite has a ping right, system. Right. Because they, they found a way to add their twist and, and kind of add value to it. And right now Fortnite's copying them, which is pretty wild. So like sooner or later, we're all just going to be playing the, the same game because everyone's copying everyone. <laughs> it's inspiration. They're not copying. Yeah. No, but um, <laughs> it was like that way too, I don't know, 10, 12, 14 years ago with open world games. You know, Grand Theft Auto was making a gazillion dollars. So, you know, all these companies were rushing to make their open world uh, games. Oh, yeah. um, so it, everything. It, yeah. And, and that's just kind of the way the industry goes. And, and who knows what the trend's going to be, you know, two years from now. So yeah. ride the trends. I think to be successful, you have to be at the front end of the trends or do that twist that, that adds to the trend like, like Apex did. Cause otherwise you just kind of get lost in the noise and nobody, nobody cares. And okay. So where can, uh, People find you online, website, Twitter, things like that. Uh, so my, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is H Gamboa Jr. H G A M B O A J R. And then uh, also on ArtStation, and that's uh, my handle for ArtStation is Umberto G H U M B E R T O G. Yeah, and I'm going to put it in show notes so that uh, people can just click on the links and follow you and uh, see the kind of cool stuff you're up to. All right, well, Tito, this has been great. It's been great talking yeah, to you. I've enjoyed this and I think uh, our listeners will too. So take care. <laughs> Thank you. You take care too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Game Dev Advice, the Game Developers Podcast. If you found it interesting or helpful, please leave a five-star review. I'd really appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe. I have a lot of great episodes coming out. As always, I want to hear from you the game development community. So give me a call at 224-484-7733 or reach out on the website gamedevadvice.com. I want to know your struggles, your questions, and your ideas. Since the podcast is really about you, the fellow game developer, and our game development community. Thanks and take care.